Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Well, good morning again, church. Great to see you. Thank you for that. Before Tyler comes and shares a message with us today, we just want to pause and celebrate what has happened in the past two weeks, how God is moving in and through you, the church. John 13, 34 through 35 says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples. If what? If you love one another. So thank you, church, for unleashing the love last weekend at School Blitz. God is amazing. You hear it around here almost every week that we want to unleash the love every day, everybody, everywhere in our home, our city, our workplace, and our church, and for our students in their schools, and I know they are doing that. But last week, collectively, church, you unleashed the love in our city across Oldham and Jefferson counties. For those of you who have may not heard, we took church to the schools last week for an annual school blitz. And we have been doing this for a while. And we ask our churches, uh, our churches asked several of our schools years ago, what can we do to help you? <laughs> oh, there we go. What can we do to help you? And they said, hey, we need you to help beautify our grounds at the beginning of a school year. We simply need help. So we are the Love the Ville Church, so what did we say? Okay, that is how we are going to help you, and this is what it looked like, guys. This is what unleashing the love looked like. You gathered together as the body of Christ to do this. But not only do I wanna celebrate School Blitz today, I wanna celebrate Blitz Worship Night. Who was at Norton Commons with us? It was an amazing night. Church, we had over 500 people for the first time gather at Norton Commons from many different churches. And I just wanna give God the praise for that today too. It was a great way for us to prepare our hearts to take that love and unleash it on our schools. And so you are the body. We deployed you last weekend to go and pull weeds, lay mulch, trim bushes, but what I loved most importantly is that I gathered and we gathered to pray, to pray for the principals and all that, look at that. That's the church, you guys, isn't that beautiful? And so within all of that, at St. Matthew's Elementary, I was excited because I served alongside my small group as well. And we were able to pray for Scotty and the teachers, uh, bus drivers, staff, and it was just amazing. We continue to hear from our principals, church, just how thankful they are. Do you know for many students who attend Oldham and Jefferson County Schools that their school is their home? 
It's kind of their home away from home, if you will. And so on that first day when they show up and they are welcome, they feel safe and they're able to take pride in their schools. So thank you for School Blitz and thank you for Worship Night. I do want to read a quote to you this morning from a lady who joined us on our Blitz Worship Night. And here's what she said. I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for hosting a worship night in Norton Commons. It was a wonderful evening of community and praise. I know our Savior was delighted in his name being lifted up. Being from another church, I was especially grateful and felt welcomed by the lead band member. I wonder who that was. Right away, he stated that the night was not about a church or a group or a denomination, but about who? about Jesus, how God-honoring, refreshing, and welcoming to us non-members those words were. No name but who? Jesus was beautiful, healing, and life-giving. And again, I thank you. Our community is grateful for your boldness, leadership, excellence, and invitation to worship. May God richly bless your efforts till next time praise god you guys what a beautiful testimony so here are a few fun facts about school blitz first of all we had a thousand volunteers isn't that amazing deploying a thousand people children youth adults working so hard family friends small groups serving together you impacted 31 campuses across 19 zip codes. Just look at where we were in Louisville last Sunday. Isn't that amazing? Unleashing God's love, yes. And then we had several church partners join us. They worked alongside us, and they also took schools as their own. And this is what we want to continue to do, church, is we want to continue to unite churches to serve our schools. So if you have a school that you know that you want to be served, hey, reach out to us. We want to try to connect a church to your school. You've heard Tyler mention our vision targets this year, hopefully. They unite us, they bring us together, they give us vision about where to go. And last weekend at our Blitz Worship Night, we accomplished, I believe, two of those vision targets, uniting churches, but also this, we will continue to build our reputation as the Love the Ville Church through our social concern. We want to see peace, don't we, church? We want to see flourishing. We want to see shalom in our city and around the world. And that's what we are about, bringing peace, God's peace, God's prosperity to our city. And we're not gonna let up. We wanna continue to build that reputation. Yes, so thank you for joining in. I do wanna share a few stories. I see many faces in the room that I saw last week and saw through your social media posts, but here are just a few stories that I want to highlight. You'll see some photos behind me as I share these. Great House Shyrock, man, they gave us a lot of shout outs on Facebook too, but Taylor Phillips was like, hey, they were just super grateful. The principal kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. They were so proud of our work. The TAP School. We had a gentleman, two people, I believe, that joined us that had never been to, uh, only been to Northeast a couple of times. And then the manual soccer team uh, joined them too to students serving students. So it was a great day there. 
Bowen Elementary, if you know Kenny Hilp, he said it was just awesome stuff. And pretty much that's how you explain school blitz, right? Just awesome stuff. Watching families serve together. And he loved praying for the school and the principal and the vice principal and the plant operations director. They were all there able to pray for them. Audubon, Terrence Terman, one of our pastors here, he said, the best part about the day were seeing the kids jump in. Weren't you proud of our youth and our young people? Yes, jumping in, making a difference. Let me tell you, it's, it's things like this. These aren't, aren't just events, you guys. This is the way we're unleashing love and discipling others about how to do it. Evan I was at Bates, he's one of our staff members, and again, he said the principal, she was new, and she just kept expressing her gratitude over and over again. Same with Ron Durham, seeing the relief of the new principal. So we not only bless schools and principals, but we bless students too, and all those who enter campuses across Oldham and Jefferson County. So church, we thank you for your generosity. We invite you today to continue to give, to give generously of your time, talent, and effort. Next week, we are going to have a ministry fair on Main Street, and we ask you to come back and really see how you can love the Ville internally inside the church and in the city and world. So thank you for your gift of generosity. I do want to put our partner schools up on the screen this morning. Many of you know we reached 31 campuses last Sunday, but we have 11 partner schools that we invest in on a regular basis. We have wonderful liaisons that are frontline to our schools, that are serving our schools. Uh, Melissa Marshbanks was in the office on Friday blessing Chansey. They are our hands and feet. But these are our 11 partner schools. And right now, I would like for you to choose one of these partner schools. Maybe you're a teacher yourself and you don't. Uh, you're not serving at one of these schools or teaching. Yeah, continue to pray for your school, but I want us to collectively also this week commit to praying for our partner schools. So would you do that right now? Would you just choose one of these schools to pray for this week? As I said, church, your generosity is at work. These are just some of the ways that throughout the year, your generosity is blessing the partnerships in our schools. Mentors, we are able to send mentors in the school and we want to send more. If you come back to the ministry fair next week, you can learn more about that. ESL volunteers, we're able to do teacher appreciation, breakfast, lunch, and our teachers are so incredibly thankful for it. We're able to provide relief support. I mean, LG&E bills, some rent payments, food to our Uh, most vulnerable families. Our liaisons, you guys, deliver food oftentimes to families and children literally are at the door saying, mom, there's food here. There's finally food here for us to eat. These are real stories and this is how your generosity is at work. I love that this year we were able to open a Dare to Care food pantry at Simple Elementary so that they can give children and their families food immediately as they need it. And then you guys know about our Loveville Christmas party where we have hundreds of kids in this room uh, singing, dancing. They get to experience church in a joyful way. They are here with us and that's the Loveville Christmas party. You'll hear more about that towards the end of the year. 
But right now, I just want to take a moment to pray for all of our teachers, administration. I'm gonna ask Chris Eldridge to come on up on stage. All of our teachers, administration, bus drivers, staff, nurses, whoever that may be. If you are a teacher or staff, uh, would you just stand right now, whether you are in our partner schools or not, would you just stand up? We thank you. Yes. I'm gonna ask that you remain standing. I know you don't want the recognition, but I'm gonna ask that you remain standing. And those sitting around you, if you'll just take their hand if you're close by, put a hand on their shoulder, pray for them this year. We, we're entrusting our kids with them and we know that they're gonna do an amazing job, but they need our love and support. So Chris, would you come on up and pray for them and all of our teachers across uh, Oldham and Jefferson County? Father, we just want to thank you um, just so much just for all of our teachers uh, and our staff in Oldham and Jefferson County and the school system. Uh, they do such a great job of just loving on our, uh, on our children and uh, on our community. And so we just thank you for them. We're blessed by them. Uh, Father, we do want to lift up just um, the difficult circumstances that are going on right now um, with uh, JCPS. Mm -hmm. We just pray for your intervention. We pray that you would give um, just your wisdom and your discernment to um, just everyone who are the decision makers, who are planning out um, everything that's going on right now with the, with the bus route system. We do want to lift up the bus drivers as well. Mm -hmm. And we just pray for your grace to just abound and overflow for everyone who's been involved with this, everyone from um, the staff and administration down to the parents and the kids who've been affected by, by it as well. Just please let your, your grace abound and your blessings flow on them. We do want to thank you for, again, for the teachers. Just this year, we pray um, that they would be successful, that they mm -hmm. would just commit their ways to you, um, that they would find peace in you, that they would find grace when uh, the days are long and the weeks are hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I just pray um, just for all of our schools that um, they would know that there is a church here that loves them. And more than anything, uh, Father, we just want them to be able to see Jesus. We want them to be able to see your son. And so we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So my name is Anne. I am the mother of five, three biological and two foster children. I've been married to my husband, Jeff, for 25 years, and I've been the principal here at Westport Early Childhood Center for the past six years, getting ready to start my seventh year. Some of my favorite things about our school is just the community that we have. A lot of times people have the misconception that it's daycare or playing with children, but we serve as children that are three, four, and five all who have been deemed at risk, either due to special needs or low income status. So it's really exciting for all of us when we have a child in August who can barely tell us what their name is. And when they leave us in May, they're able to write their first and last name. They can tell you their address. And it's just a really exciting time because I know when that child starts kindergarten in August, that nobody will know where they started a year ago and they're gonna walk in there ready to go just like any other student. I'm quite certain I cried the first school blitz um, just because we we work really hard and we're really dedicated to the kids and I wanna 
do all these projects around the building on the weekends, but I'll just be honest, I'm tired and I want to spend time with my family, you know, when I can. And it is just such a blessing. I was very overwhelmed, just the willingness to help. I mean, the church pulled every weed. They planted all sorts of flowers. It was just beautiful. Through the school blitz, that was really awesome because I felt like, wow, that's a church really walking the walk. You know, it's not a bunch of lip service. They're out serving the community. And, you know, we were big into service hours and all of that when I was growing up um, to serve the community. And um, my kids, you know, we, everybody was still at home. I was like, well, why don't we watch Northeast online this weekend? And there was no turning back after that. And um, just Northeast has felt like home. It's not a country club, people. You gotta be there ready to get to know uh, your friends and neighbors at church. And you know, when somebody asks, hey, could you help with this? Just be willing to say yes. You know, you might show up and serve and find out that, oh yeah, I've really missed doing this sort of thing, which is what has kind of happened um, with me. I love holding a baby and <laughs> then I also love teaching these kindergartners and first graders because, you know, they're just wild and woolly and, and fun and excited for Jesus. So um, just don't be afraid. Keep that door open and be willing to say yes. Matthew chapter 9, it, it, it kind of describes this process of needing more people to do His work. Are you willing to put in the steps to do the hard work to reap it though? Are you willing to put in the hard work this morning to get a little dirty, to get a little sweaty, to hear stories, kind of like Anne's? This is crazy just because as we've been serving the school, Anne and her whole family has now started to come to Northeast, to become stakeholders. Like it's just a really beautiful story of why we do what we do. And we're just so thankful that we get a morning to serve uh, not just this school, but to serve Anne and her family. We love you guys so much. We're so proud of you all and everything that you've done. Northeast has just felt like home from the beginning. And what you're doing for our school today, you may think that it is, is a small gesture, but it is huge. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for showing the love of Jesus to everybody. Yes, that is amazing. Applaud that sort of stuff. Great little mini sermon right there by, by Jacob, our high school pastor. Look, y'all, just because he's a coffee snob but only drinks coffee out of ceramic mugs doesn't mean the kid can't preach. That's amazing. The youth over here, man, y'all are packed out. Way to go. We need another youth section. And uh, if, if you're in here, Ann, I didn't see it at the 9, maybe you were there if you're in here at the 11, thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, that is why we love the Ville. There it is, like the whole, it's just all encapsulated in a story. Ann is why we love the Ville. The children at, at the Westport School, it, it's why we love the Ville. To, to be able to come alongside a community servant, right, and to provide for needs that are impacting real families, and at the same time to be able to share the gospel of Jesus with the family and see her and her children just transformed. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, Jesus is why we love the Ville and Jesus does 
more than we ever can imagine when we just love for, for him. Um, now, I'm glad uh, Tamara uh, brought it up and Chris offered a prayer for, uh, for the Jefferson County Public School System right now because they're going through it, and, you know, we love our school system. So uh, JCPS leaders and families, keep praying. Like, there is no shame in asking for spiritual power when you're facing systemic problems like this. God cares about it all, all right? So, so ask. Now, I would like to add just one more thing, to, though, to the conversation about this. And I don't know if you like this about me or not. Sometimes I just like to step in it, but I think it's important for the church to step in it. So I do, I do want to talk about this just briefly. Um, I think we can all agree that the busing problem, it was a leadership failure. It needs to be fixed. They're going after it. Um, my heart breaks for the children that were on the buses so long. My heart breaks for the parents who were sitting there anxious, wondering where their, where their, their kids were. But I would say this to you, church. There is a Christian way to go about offering critique and accountability to leadership. And uh, you don't even know what I'm going to say, though. But thank you already. There's a Christian way. And, and the Christian way does not include dehumanizing leaders on social media, sharing nasty memes, calling them middle school sophomoric names, or threatening their well-being. Uh, I saw Christians this week engaging in that sort of behavior. And as they were, I'm thinking to myself, no way love the Vils on your heart right now. Like, no way evangelism is behind what you're after right here. You know, I'm going to lead some people to Jesus with this angry rant on Facebook. Like, no. No way Jesus is why. Realize, some of the leaders that you're, like, spewing hate at and armchair quarterbacking, they go to your church. They're here in this room right now. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They're good people, great leaders that they're after trying to fix this. Some of them are undecided. Some of them are undecided in their path to faith. You know that, right? There are people who, because of our Love the Ville movement and the way that we're engaged in the public school system, they're open to Jesus. And they're intrigued by our church. And they're coming or maybe, maybe watching right now. They're undecided about Jesus. And we're doing our best to get them on the right eternal path. And then there's you on social media capitalizing off their leadership troubles to get a few laughs from your friends or to virtue signal. I think some people actually delighted in the fact that JCPS uh, had these problems this week. Like just by what they were saying. You could tell they kind of secretly liked it. So look, Anne's story reminds us that when anything happens in our schools, some of the people and leaders involved are in your church. They're part of your family. We have loved the school system well. Leaders are here. Uh, so rather than laughing and snarking and hating and memeing and tweeting and armchair quarterbacking, let's pray, let's serve, let's ask how can we help. And if you have legitimate concerns, then express them through the proper channels and in healthy ways. Bringing accountability to leadership is a good thing in all arenas of life. It's a good thing. But do it animated by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, 
Every tragedy, every hardship that we encounter is an opportunity to show Jesus' love and share Jesus' love. That's what an on-mission person thinks, right? So let's train ourselves to think in this way and repent when we don't. Now, on that note, dad lecture over. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I'm getting better at these with three kids now. But I, I want to, let's, let's get back to like celebrating Love the Ville, okay? Let's get back to it. Uh, today, I want to remind you of your Love the Ville story, church. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach a sermon that I've preached every year for nine years now, right? So pretty easy to write this week. And uh, I'll preach it every year. I'll preach it for the next nine until you guys run me off. Um, some of y'all could actually preach this sermon for me, which is the goal, right? But that's, that's, what, that's what we're after today, all right? Our story. Now, many of you know this, but the Love the Ville movement started April 27th. 2014, when we came up with this idea of a blitz day. Instead of meeting for church service, we took service to the streets, and that initial blitz was in the Clifton community where our other campus is. This is a picture of me at that blitz. Fantastic picture. I'm about 25 pounds heavier. Those are not cargo pants, but those are, those are Crocs. So a lot of things have changed. Jesus can change a man, okay? And, and he had... Um, now, we went to the, the Clifton campus uh, that day uh, with, with the mindset that we just wanted to meet practical needs in the community. In fact, I remember in the couple weeks leading up, staff will tell you, uh, we actually went down to the Clifton community and we sort of went door to door asking, well, how can we help? Right? We went to businesses, we went to local government, we went to you know, school leadership and to some of the neighborhoods uh, and the leaders that live there in the neighborhoods. Okay, you want to find you want to find out who's in trouble in a neighborhood? Go to the local pub and ask the bartender. We did that. He had a list of seven or eight names for us of people that we could reach out and call on and care for, and uh, and that was the first blitz. We went and met those needs. Now, in the aftermath of the blitz, it was pretty cool. The news ran a story on us. Um, and uh, it, was, it, like, it was probably one of the bigger stories. It's the first time we did it. I, didn't, I don't think anybody else had done something like that, at least not recently. So the new, a bunch of news stations were out there. And there was this one story. I can't remember which news outlet did it, um, but it kind of went like semi-viral locally on Facebook. Um, which, by the way, kids, the TikTok did not exist then in 2014. Uh, Instagram, we were still figuring that out. I remember in 2014 was when we were taking pictures of flowers, you know, and like, I'm the best photographer ever, honey. Look at that, you know. So that was where we were at at that point. There was Facebook and LinkedIn, ask your dad. So like it's just, uh, and, and we, it was Facebook just, you know, like blew up with this article. And it was cool seeing people from our church sharing it with excitement, seeing people outside our church share it with excitement, seeing non-Christians share this with excitement. I will remember this one post a lady posted, um, it's probably been six or seven years since I've shared this with you guys, but I've got to share it with you again because it encapsulates, honestly, what we're after with Love the Ville. This is what she posted on Facebook. She posted the little news article with, with this above it. She said, I saw a, sa a status yesterday by my friend Kristen about this church, but I thought to myself, bleh, church, church. Yeah. I'm not joking she wrote, with all sincerity. I thought on and off about her and how, yeah, she got a small child now. Guess she's going all in. Next time I see her, she'll have a Jesus fish on her car and be trying to save me. Now, I just want to pause real quick to acknowledge she's not done, okay? 
But I want to pause real quick to acknowledge something. Okay, this is important. That was her definition of Christians and church. Until the Love the Ville Church came to her neighborhood and disrupted it. Because this is what she writes next. She said, I feel like a word we don't use in church. <laughs> she said, check out what these people did yesterday. That's what God is. Now, clap it up. This is a... Uh, this next slide here is my own adaptation of the Engel scale. I, I show it to you all often. It shows the path, basically, of how people get saved, um, how they move from closed off to God to a, you can see at the top, reproducing, sold-out follower of Jesus. Each step in the process matters, and on that blitz day, we actually moved this lady forward. You see? See, it's easy to see like the social power and the social impact of something like a Blitz Day and our Love the Ville movement, but it's oftentimes easy to miss the evangelistic power and impact it has as well. I don't want you to miss it. Now, uh, after the Blitz, our number one response from the people in this church, for those of you who, who were here, do you remember, was, was what? What did everybody say? When are we doing it again? When are we doing it again? When are we doing it again? I'm like, you don't like my preaching? No, we want to go blitz, right? So when are we doing it again? And, uh, and so as a leadership, we came together like, okay, God, we're on to something. So in 2015, we came back and that summer, uh, I, think we, I think we developed the name Love the Ville, and we did an entire summer of, of medium-sized blitzes, mini blitzes, about five or six things. There was the Eastern Cemetery cleanup. Uh, the Fuller Center Housing Project, Workout for Water, Partner School Backpack Drive, Clifton Blitz 2.0, and then we did our first school blitz that summer in 2015. It was a smaller version of it, but it was our first one. Pretty cool. Um, we had two goals that summer. Uh, the first goal was uh, a serving hours goal. We wanted to serve 10,000 hours collectively as a church. And then the second goal was uh, for 16 weeks, we want to do this thing we called the Dollar Club. Basically, we asked everybody, every adult who came to church to bring an extra dollar and put it in the offering plates. Believe it or not, kids, we used to pass offering plates. There were <laughs> plates. With, okay, anyways. So, and you'd put dollar bills in them. There's, there was these things that existed called dollars that you, okay. So, but they would put, put a dollar in the plate, right? And we did the math, like 2,000 people a week, 16 weeks, that'd be $32,000 we could invest back into the community, really cool. And we blew both those goals out the water. And uh, at that point we realized the fire was uncontrollable. So I remember at that point uh, setting three big goals for Love the Ville. These weren't like official goals. We've talked about them some. Um, at the time they sounded outrageous in 2015, uh, but they, they also just felt right to us. And I wasn't sure we'd ever accomplish them, but check them out. Okay. Uh, the first goal was this. Uh, we wanted to give more away to the least. That's, that's Jesus' terminology there. In Matthew 25, he calls the poor, the marginalized, the forgotten, the invisible, the left out. He calls them the least among us. And we wanted to get to a place where we were giving more away to the least than we were investing in ourselves. Now, to be clear, investing in our own spiritual health and growth is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We need great children's ministry. We need great spiritual formation for all of us. We need to be building each other up in the Bible studies and the small groups and all the things, flipping burgers and hot dogs and bounce houses for the kids after church, celebrating us. All that is good. We just wanted there to be balance. The kingdom of God is actually backwards. It's upside down. You know that, right? So Jesus says that actually the key to being the greatest in the kingdom is to give. It's to serve, to be the servant of many. 
He says there's real actual divine joy in generosity. He says that when you give away to kingdom causes, you're actually storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So you want to you save for retirement? Give your stuff away. That's Jesus' upside-down perspective. So at the time, though, as a church, we were spending almost all of our money on ourselves, on good things, but it was on ourselves. So we wanted, we wanted balance. Can I just say, we are, we are living right now in one of the wealthiest regions in the state of Kentucky, and our country is one of the wealthiest countries uh, in the history of the planet Earth, which would make our church one of the wealthiest churches. And I know some of you are like, I don't feel wealthy, Tyler. I get that. But there's air conditioning and electricity. So we're doing okay in the grand scheme of things, right? We're one of the wealthiest churches in the history of church. And according to Scripture, don't miss this, If you have been given the gift of material wealth, then you have also been given the gift of generosity. That's the perspective of Scripture. If you have been given the material blessing of wealth, then you've also been given the spiritual gift of generosity. Wealth doesn't make you special. It makes you responsible. So a wealthier church should lead in giving. That's what we wanted to do. That was goal number one. Goal number two. uh, We wanted to get to a place where we had as many Love the Ville outreach staff on our team as uh, we did weekend work, uh, worship staff preparing and planning our, our weekend services. Now again, weekend worship services are great. They're fantastic. Half my job spent here, right? Many of you have encountered Jesus and he has radically changed your life in this room by hearing the word of God, by seeing a song, by being prayed over or making a decision. Some of you found Jesus in rooms under preaching from preachers or uh, because of the beautiful songs written by Christian artists. And that is a good thing, right? But at the time, 2014, 2015, we had zero, I repeat, zero official Love the Ville outreach staff. We did outreach stuff then, um, but it was shared among staff. There was a couple key staff that ran with a, a lot of it, but I remember we had zero Love the Ville outreach staff and six staff who were focused exclusively on pulling off a great weekend service. So we just thought there needed to be more balance. Uh, Last goal, um, we wanted to earn, you've heard me say this a million times, we want to earn for ourselves a reputation as the Loveville Church in this city. We wanted that to be what we were known for. And I can promise you in 2014, that was not what our reputation was. We had a good reputation. Uh, If you were to ask people in the streets, they would have told you maybe about our our stuff for kids. They talked about our weekend environments and their creative and practical teaching. Uh, They would have talked about this awesome new building that we built, you know, a couple years before. Was this building 11, 2011, right? So they'd have talked about that, right? But they, they wouldn't have talked about our social concern. So one more time, can you put those back up there? One, two, three. These were our huge goals. Um, and they, they felt just crazy then. But fast forward with me, if you will, from 2015 to 2023, and you can just see how God's power and blessing on our church's commitment to love the Ville has bore so much fruit. We've basically achieved them all. Okay, so goal number one, give more to the least than we, what we invested in ourselves. Um, just a little history for you here. Uh, Love the Ville is funded by our outreach offering that we do every Christmas, although some of you give to it throughout the year. Praise God for that. Our first offering was Christmas 2015. And on that uh, Christmas, we collected uh, approximately $230,000, which is great. To go from zero to about a quarter million, we were like, whoa, you know, God is in this, right? 
But I want you to show you, were you guys able to get that, that chart up there? I want to show you how, yeah, so check this out. I want to show you how the, the offering has progressed since then. In 2016, we went from 230 to 311,000. 2017, nearly $800,000 was given to Love the Outreach. 18, we surpassed the million dollar mark. 19, 1.2 million. 2020, which is COVID, we did uh, $1.6 million given. 2021, uh, there was $1.72 given. And then last year on Christmas Eve 2022, our Love the Ville offering was $1.78 million. Uh, which is incredible. That's incredible. Incredible. Now, we did some math this week. It's interesting. If you take all of those monies invested in the poor, the sick, the hurting, and our staff who lead it, and you take some of the money outside of our Loveville Outreach budget, which also gets budgeted and spent on outreach stuff. Like we spend, some of our ministries spend their ministry budgets on this. You got to get this. Okay. Uh, we, in some total, invest about $2 million, nearly $2 million last year in Loveville Outreach oriented stuff. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know the math. That's 25 to 30% of our budget. Pretty incredible. Uh, not a lot of churches like that out there. I, I wish there were more. I really do. Now, here's an even more fun little chart for you, okay? For those of you who don't like math, just hang with me, okay? I'm almost done. I pulled out the budget for this year, the 2023 budget this year, because I wanted to compare how much we are investing in external ministry versus internal ministry. Um, so you can see, throw the chart up for me. You can see the kind of equation here. Uh, I'll go ahead and be, to, to be totally transparent, I pulled uh, salaries and benefits and administrative costs. I, I, I pulled those two line items out of the budget, okay, because those get spread out internally and externally. But I left everything else in. Internally, uh, in one co column, I added up capital expenses, campus operations, and all of our ministry costs. In the other column, I, uh, we, I added up all of our Love the Outreach costs. And wouldn't you believe it, this year, we're spending about $212,000 more on outreach-oriented stuff than we are on internal stuff. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, and it is, but it's approximately about 3% of our overall budget. So let, let me summarize for you, okay? Again, for those of you who don't like math, it, here's, here's what I'm saying. In 2023, our plan is to spend just a little bit more on ministry outside the church than ministry inside the church. And I love that balance and intentionality. Now, the second goal, have we achieved that? We should have as many Love the Ville Outreach staff as we do weekend worship staff. Well, we're close. Um, right now we have six positions on our outreach team. Two of them need field. And uh, depending on how you slice it, we have about six and a half to seven staff positions invested on our weekends. So good balance. Uh, and then third, uh, we want to earn for ourselves a reputation as a Loveville church in our city. Have we achieved that? Well, that's kind of hard to quantify, uh, but come on. Come on. You know? Come on. It's, wh it's why Ann's here. It's why many of you are here. So from the school board to the governor's office to churches around the region to people in your neighborhood that see you wearing your Love the Ville swag, this is the number one thing people associate with our church today. And I just want to praise God for that. So look, uh, we've got some bounce houses to jump on and some burgers to eat, but I'd like to close by offering an invitation in light of all this today on this celebration uh, weekend. Um, an invitation to... 
the newbies, and an invitation to the oldies as well. Okay, there'll be two invi- the t- more tenured people. Sorry, oldies. The more tenured people of the church. <laughs> All right. For, the, for, you, for you newbies here, um, I would just invite you to join us, to join in, to try this, to just try allowing uh, the love of Jesus to, to enter into your heart and then sharing it with others. It's really a, a, the best way to live, in my opinion. So just try it. Join, join this Love the Ville movement. Just see. Test it for a year. See what God will do with it. I can promise you this. If you join it, here, here are the things we are committed to in the Love the Ville movement. One, we are committed to making a difference here locally. So you'll be joining that, which is what a lot of people are after, by the way, in their activism. They, they want to make a difference here and now in their neighborhood with my neighbors, with the people around me. Well, that's what we're actually committed to. Loving the Ville. Okay, in, in a day of social media where the earth is flat and we can figure out what's happening all over the world in like a second on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, it was Y, X, right? You could think about this, right? We know more about everything that we have nothing to do with than the things that we can actually impact and change, don't we, in this day and age? I do this often just to remind myself on Friday morning, I got on a main uh, news outlet, I got on the New York Times uh, newspaper and I just looked on the front page of their, of their site. Um, and on the front page, um, I can tell you about the fires in Hawaii. I can tell you about Trump's legal troubles. I can tell you about Sweden's women's soccer team. I can tell you about Justin Trudeau's divorce. But can I tell you my neighbor's name, right? Can I tell you the real needs that are going on in my neighborhood or in my city? That's what we're after. That's what we're after in the Love Deville movement. Oh, and by the way, what am I doing about those? That's what we're after. We give so much of our attention to things that we have zero investment in. Instead, we should be giving our energy to the real neighbors and the real communities that we can change. That's Love the Ville. So we're committed to that. We're also, second, committed to identifying the real needs in our city. We want to identify the real needs here. And Tamara, uh, she reminded me of it this, this week. There's only really one way to do that, and that's to get out and talk to people. You just got to get out and talk to people. You got to go talk to the pastors. You got to go talk to the family resource directors in neighborhoods. You got to go talk to the NGOs, talk to the neighborhood leaders. You got to go out, knock on doors, buy some people coffee, pick up the telephone and ask. How can we help? That's a driving question of our movement. Has been since the start. The, The real issues are not always the ones you see headlining the news. They're not always the ones tied up in culture war battles. So our driving question has been, how can we help? And when you ask the right people, you actually get really good answers. So we're committed to that. Three, we are committed to identifying and empowering the best nonprofits doing what we believe to be the very best work in our city. We think identifying great partners is actually oftentimes better than starting new ministries. Like there's no need to recreate the will. And churches are really good at doing recreate the will ministries. Like, oh, there's a homeless problem in this city. And then 100 churches create homeless ministries. And I love churches and I love ministries. But what ends up happening is they're all so small that they have a smaller impact. And they're actually less sustainable and systematically effective. They're easier to ignore by policymakers. They're less trustworthy to shrewd donors. So what we want to do is we want to identify the best for you so that we can combine our resources behind great partners and get more done. In a city like Louisville, there's lots of good options. 
So people are always like, who should we give to? I promise you, no matter what population you want to impact, we have an answer for that. Call us. Which brings me to fourth, we are committed to making it easy for wealthy Christians to give big. Fact is, the Bible has lots of beautiful things to say about generosity and a lot of terrifying things to say about greed. And I'll just leave it at that. And last, we are committed to redefining church in the minds and hearts of non-believers. We believe social justice is biblical, but don't get it twisted. Our justice efforts are also deeply evangelistic. We want people to rethink church. When people think about church, they think of something, and oftentimes it's not good. It's church hurt. It's definitely not the love of Jesus. So we're out to change that. We want to redefine church around the love of Jesus. We realize that we are the body of Jesus. That's what Scripture says. So we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his physical presence in the world, right? He has no other hands than yours. He has no other mouth than ours. He has no other eyes than the eyes of the people in this room. He has no other money than the money that's put in your pocket, right? So if somebody needs a gift, then we got to spend it, right? If somebody needs a hug, then it needs to be our arms. If somebody needs a word from the Lord, it's got to be our mouth, right? It's us. We, you and I are his body. We are as close as anyone will get to Jesus this side of heaven. We're his physical presence in the world today. We're going to take that call seriously. People are going to associate Jesus with you and with me. So let's do well. I can promise you if you're new here, We're an imperfect church. We're going to do our very, very best to represent Jesus well in the public square through our social concern. So join it. Please join us. Give this a shot. This is a good way to live. Now, that's the newbies, oldies. We say it over and over again. Jesus is why, right? Jesus is before and behind and beneath and above and within all that we do. And because of that, we have real power to affect change. Resurrection power. I believe that. So I'm asking you to double down on doing justice for Jesus. We have resources and power invested in us spiritually, theologically, that the rest of the world does not have. So we can't leave this work up to just the politicians or just the legislators or just the activists. This is our work. I've noticed there are four kinds of people when it comes to doing justice work. Four. Uh, First, there are people who don't care. They just don't care about it. They're living for themselves. Second, there are people who pretend to care about it. And you all know them. They're super loud on social media, but they ain't got any skin in the game. They give less than 2%. They don't volunteer hardly ever. The rare chance that they do, it's going on the gram though, right? But, but it's, it's a thin sense of justice because it doesn't profit any real self-denial or self-sacrifice like Jesus calls us to. It's really just virtue signaling. Right? Oh, then there, there's a third group of people, and I have respect for these people. There are some people out there who really do care about justice. Uh, they're just doing justice without Jesus. And I can promise you this, if you try to do justice without Jesus for long, it'll shrivel your soul. If you're not careful, it'll set your emotional health on fire. What I have noticed is that the people who really do care about justice but do it without Jesus have this tendency over time to go in one of two directions. Uh, They either become cynical or harsh. Cynical or harsh. They become cynical because they pour so much energy and so much life into this, this, this pet cause that they have, right? And they have these utopian dreams when they start, but they realize, man, 
this is hard work. And man, it's not profiting the fruit that I thought it would, right? And they start running into the difficulties of it. And they don't have like a theology of the fallenness of man and women. Or they don't have a theology of final justice and judgment in order to get them through that. So they can become cynical about justice over time. Or on the flip side, they just become harsh. Like, why are you joining with me? Like, why can't you see this is the most important issue out there? Your silence speaks volumes. And over time, they can become the very thing that, that they got into it to fight. They can become a hater. If you hate on people, then even if you're doing it for the sake of justice, what are you? A hater. So, so listen to me, young people especially. Take it from me. You're aware of this injustice stuff. I, I love how, how you're trying to meet the needs of our world today. From someone who's been in the justice game for a minute, um, my advice to you would be don't do it without Jesus. Don't do it without him because the spiritual warfare and the demonic forces out there behind these systems of injustice are real. And they will suck your soul, steal your joy, chew you up, and turn you bitter, hateful, and despondent before you can blink. So look, look. There's people who care. Uh, or, or there's people who don't care, right? There's people who pretend to care. There's people who really care, but do it without Jesus. And then there's the Christians. There's us who offer the world a fourth way, who go a fourth way. You see, we can't not care about justice because we know what Jesus says. What you do for the least of these, you do for me. We can't settle for thin justice because we know what his brother James says. Faith without works is not faith at all. It's dead, right? And we won't let justice make us condemning. How can we when God had to die for us? Oh, that is so humbling. We can't be harsh. How could we be when we see the Savior, our leader, forgiving his enemies while he's being lynched? How could we be cynical? The tomb is empty. He is risen. And justice will come for all those someday who are the leaders of injustice in this world. History is on the side of justice. We know that. Because history is on the side of Jesus. So we go the fourth way. You know what the fourth way is, Christians? We do justice for Jesus. We do justice because of Jesus. Jesus is why. And every week when we come together and sing the songs and celebrate the stories, we remind ourselves of that. When we give generously of our money, we proclaim it to the world. And when we partake of communion, we remember the why behind Love the Bill. So that's what we're going to do now. If you take your communion out, we're going to partake in just a second. You know what I love about this time? It doesn't just remind us of the why of justice. It also reminds us, reminds us of the how. How do we do justice? We do justice like Jesus. Because it is by Jesus' self-sacrificial love that we are saved. And it is in Jesus' self-sacrificial love that we go and serve. So let's reflect on that now briefly. Then we will partake together. We'll sing and we will celebrate. What a go church.